your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Please help yourself out to please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. Let's hear it for you. Get in here. Don't feel stressed. Let's hear it for you. It is a Tuesday night. You're going to put your hands together. We're here every week. I'm your host, Cameron Esposito. Yeah, you can clap even one more time if you want to. That guy loved it. What is that? A fucking steel magnolia? Oh, it's... Wait, what is... Oh, no, it is steel magnolias. For some reason, I thought it was, like, singularized for a minute. I was just going to be like, I don't get that at all. But no, I totally get what the plural of that is. It's a great movie. Shirley MacLaine is in it right before she's selling crystals. You know what I mean? Because now that's what she does. Um, who's been keeping up with Shirley MacLaine? <laughs> she sells crystals. We've got great comics in the back. They can hear you. Let's hear it for them. And Shelby did drink that juice, and that was the right choice, even though it didn't turn out the way we would have wanted Thank you. Oh, uh, I'm feeling like a little rattled. I was on my way out the door. I mean, let's be real, I don't look rattled. <laughs> I look fucking amazing. <laughs> Trying this new thing where I just wear whatever tie with whatever shirt, because I'm just like, whatever. And it's working perfectly. But I was on my way out the door and I got a last minute email from my dad. Oh, my poor little baby parents. <laughs> oh, I guess that's a weird thing to say. Well, that's our relationship right there. <laughs> like, come here, I'll take care of you. Um, they're adult people. I don't know why I said that. They're adult people, and they, uh, they you know, uh, had sex with each other, and then they made me. Just a little bit about my family. <laughs> kind of a personal thing. Um, my parents have... I don't know what's going on. My little sister moved to Argentina, and then I uh, live... Oh, I'm from Chicago... Um, and then my little sister moved to Argentina because she's, you know, even more interested. You guys were looking at me you're like, who's the most interesting Esposito? And then, you know. So we've got that level in the family. Why did she move there? Casually. She's just like a yoga instructor and you can do that from wherever, you know. Plus, if you're fluent in Spanish, why wouldn't you use it? So. I got a lot of tango pics from her. So my little sis lives in Argentina, and then I moved out here. This all happened, like, in a, in a year. Like, within a year and a half, all of my... T I have two sisters. One is older, one is younger, and I'm uh, the brother in the middle, and... <laughs> That's true. I've, I've beat up both of their boyfriends. Not beat up, but a firm handshake! <laughs> what are your intentions with my sister? You know what I mean? I can get real deep. What are your intentions? I can get deep. What are your intentions with my sister? When I was 16, when I was 16, I emailed my, my older sister's college boyfriend and was just like, you watch out! It was my first email I think I ever sent. I don't even think I had an email address. I think I sent it from my parents' email address. Just an AOL address, an AOL address that reflects how I'm a golfer. That's what my parents' email address is. Just imagine you're dating a woman in college and you just get a golf address emailing you and then it's just a 16-year-old girl like, oh, you better fucking mind your P's and Q's. 
You know, like just like that level of terror. Also, P's plus Q's, like that kind of nonsense. It was just like a real threat. Um, but I've always felt really protective of my family. And then I moved here. And then my, you know, my older sister still lives in Chicago. My little sister moved to Argentina. And I think my parents are just, they're trying. They're doing a great job. But I think they're just losing it a little. Because like I get like weird. I just get weird. My dad just forwarded me an email about how casual marijuana use is uh, going to damage your brain. Now, here's the thing. We know. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. What do you mean, like, you smoke a thing and then your whole body goes like... Like, of course. Yeah, that's going to damage your brain. For sure. That's what you're, you're, like, damaging. That's what you're doing. You're like, like, I'm a little stressed out, but I'd like to feel like a little baby Raggedy Andy. I want to feel like a little... I just want to feel like I have no bones. I want to really lay down, watch a few episodes of whatever this is. I don't even care what this is. Oh, it's my dog? just want to watch a couple episodes of my dog. I've never even talked to my parents about... I don't even know where this is. Like, we've never acknowledged, uh, you know any sort of drug use. Uh, like, I mean, I, you know, I've definitely suspected that they have been users for quite some time, but... No, I don't suspect that at all. But it's just like a weird, just like that kind of a... Is anybody like in that stage with their parents right now where it's like they live far away so they're just like, anything, anything! I gotta let you know! Like last week... Like last week he sent me an email and it was just... It, the title was like, what was that virus that was going? I don't even know. But it was, it was like, the, it was like, what, does anyone know what the name of it was? Heartbug. Yeah, heart. Who? Yes, heart, heart, heart bug. That's what we'll call it. Um, it was like it said the title was heart bug virus, and then I could see the, I could see that it was from my dad, and I could see that there was text, so I clicked on it, and then the text just read, uh, "Don't open anything with this name." <laughs> That's not a... I didn't write that joke, but it is a perfect accidental joke. <laughs> Dad, you wrote the... That's you, that was the name of this! You old scoundrel! <laughs> and by obeying you, I have disobeyed you! And so you have really got me over a barrel with this one. So I'm just trying to figure out... I'm just, like, stressed about it. I don't know how to be an adult and have a relationship with my parents. I just have never had an adult... Rela- Thank you for your laughter there. That's the right thing. Why, what's yours like? How's it going for you? Yeah? What are, where are we at right now? What's the, like, give me the de- de- details. I didn't... Whoa, did you guys think I was going to say dates? I stopped myself. What is it? Lots of weather conversations? No, that sounds like what we are all aiming for. (laughs) You are nailing it, my friend. That's where it's supposed to be. How's it by you? How's it by you? Goodbye. (laughs) Who here has, like, a great relationship with their parents? Anyone, like, just... We have a good... Oh, yeah. Wow, just the zeal on that. Just, like, a... You were you know, right off the blocks. Um, how did you get there? What was your secret? Do you have a secret? How did you do it? You have two moms. Fuck, well, that's the secret. 
Yeah. I mean, what are you, my future kid? Am I right? And in which case, how's time travel? And also, where's John Connor? <laughs> Seriously, though, where is he? We need him in the future slash past, you know, depending on, like, what timeline we're currently in. You know what I mean? It's like it didn't happen, but it, like, still could happen. It'll ha- it, it happens. It's a cycle. Um, you have two moms? Yeah, wow, and you're like an, a, you're an adult person, so that happened... Oh, uh, uh, I was five. You were five, and, you, and uh, that would have been like, they would have been like, you know, right at the, uh, what's this, the front, the forefront. They were at the forefront of that, and just, you know, how, how was that? How was growing up with two moms in the old... I mean, because now I know it's going to be amazing, you know what I mean? Because like, you grew up in a small town, perfect, yeah. That's, that's where you want to be in that situation. <laughs> because then everybody just knows you. And then if they know... No? Okay. Legitimately awful? Awful. Okay, great. You know what? Fuck yeah, you made it out of there. Here you are tonight. Everybody's on board with you. We got through it. You got through it. How are your moms? Are they doing all right? They're great. They live in Palm Springs now. They live in Palm Springs. So much better. It's a teeny town, but all of it is, you know, that. Um, All of it's this. Oh, just a, just, a, just a sweat lodge. You know, just a city, just a hole, just feathers in the hair. Love that Palm Springs. I go there frequently to relax. Um, that's, that's great. I'm like that genuinely stoked and touched that that happened in your life and that you, you seem like an awesome person because you're, you, know, you jumped forward and said you have a great relationship with them right at the bat. See, do you understand when people tell lies about how gay people would be bad parents. I'm assuming that everybody else in here had straight parents. Look what they did to us. (laughs) First one off the block. First one off. Almost a false start. So fast we almost had to call it back, back out the blocks, and then restart the gun. That's how fast it was. That's how satisfied she is with her life. Just two women like, oh, what do you need? Attention space. Attention, you know, like just so, you know, just talking to each other. We're best friends, you know, but we also have a sexual relationship that is fulfilling. Close your ears, I'm talking about your parents. Yeah. So uh, I can't, God, that's encouraging. Because it's going to be so expensive for me to get kids. And so I just want to know that it'll be worth it for them. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know that they're going to be someday just at a comedy show, just repping repping to a little lady, whoever's after me, you know, like the next generation of this, who's that going to be, you know? I'm the current generation of this, and then before me, uh, Al- I think, you know, uh, pretty much Alan, um, and then this. You guys, we've got a great show tonight. You were wonderful right up top. What a, what a wonderful audience you are. Uh, you can feel free to applaud for me and that gal as we transition... Right into the rest of the show. Now, this first comic is a great friend of the show. We love it when he comes in town and, do, and uh, does put your hands together. He is a Denver comic. He's got a great show there called The Grolics. Ladies and gentlemen, please round of applause for Mr. Andrew Orvidal. Give it up for Andrew. Come on. Ew. Terrific. Sweet. Thank you. Hey, how about another round of applause for Cameron? Right? Awesome. I, um... I uh, travel quite a bit for comedy, and one of my favorite things, 
when I traveled, used to be finding each city's cool independent bookstore. Like each city is still allowed one. There was some secret, <laughs> secret deal between television and books, and television was like, we'll let you still exist, but you get one per city. That's it. So every city has like one cool one, and you can go find it. But I don't want to do it anymore because that's like the clipboard people's favorite place to hang out. Like you just think there's someone loitering out front and then you get close enough and then they like activate like, hey, got a second for the environment? You're like, fuck, you fooled me. You fooled me. (laughs) There's no like instant shutdown for got a second for the environment either. You can't be like, the environment killed my entire family. And they're like, (laughs) okay, that I don't have any rebuttal for that. So you got it. So I say the same thing that you all say when I'm going by. We all say the same thing. Like, I'm sorry, I don't have any time. I'm sorry. Don't have any time. Sorry. I'm walking into a bookstore. The definition of recreational free time. I can't have more free time. I'm going to specifically waste it. That's the magic of the... They always know just where to stand. I'll be going to a food truck to buy, like, a fucking $9 artisanal reindeer sausage. And the clipboard person just decloaks from the urban coral reef, like... Hey, we're trying to raise money for homeless teens. I'm like, I'm sorry I don't have any money. Sorry, I, I just have $9 for... A, Reindeer hot dog. That's it. Like, <laughs> my budget is strictly allocated. Just the crucial essentials and then really silly hot dogs. That's, I wish I could help you with this. I wish. The clipboard people could be getting signatures to end clipboard people and they would fail. That's how much we hate them. Like, Excuse me, got a second to end this annoying shit? Hey, come back. Uh, no, not interested. Trying to get away with this shit. No? Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Not going to work. I, um, I come to L.A. pretty often, and there's something I see in L.A. that I've never seen in any other city, and it's so weird whenever I see it. It's the random LAPD DUI checkpoint where they funnel all the traffic into one lane just as it's going, and then just everybody gets a surprise DUI checkpoint, which is weird. Like, we don't do that in Denver, and I've never seen that in any other city. Like, I don't understand how the cops can, like, check people that, like, do they just, like, lean in and, like, sniff your neck or something? <laughs> Like, do they just go in for, like, an open-mouth kiss? And if you just, like, kiss back, they're like, okay, you're shit-faced. You just... You just went in for a fucking mouth kiss on a cop? Like, come on. <laughs> like, you seemed into it. I thought we were... I thought we were doing this. <laughs> but if you were like, whoa, don't you need a fucking warrant to kiss me? They're like, all right, you're probably fine. Just get out of here. <laughs> Here's the weird thing I noticed with these DUI checkpoints. So there's plenty of cops for the actual checkpoint. Zero cops on the streets perpendicular, the cross streets, where everyone is turning in a panic to not get funneled. Anyone willingly funneled through a DUI checkpoint, probably fine. The guy driving up and over the curb to avoid it, maybe. Maybe check that guy out, possibly. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. I, um, I recently moved in with my girlfriend to a new house and we were going over some of the things we wanted for the new house. Like, oh, should we plant a garden? Should we fix the vents? And I was like, oh, I want to get a dog. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You can get a dog if I can fuck other dudes. That was her arrangement. Which, first of all, I don't know if she knew this. She could just fuck other dudes and not tell me about it. I guess she's never dated me before. She doesn't know, she doesn't know that secret. But... Uh, But it's such a weird... I don't know if she hates dogs that much or me. Like, it's so weird. 
I'm seriously considering it, though, because dogs are pretty awesome. I mean, a dog... First off, they're super loyal. I mean, right there... Right there, dog is worth having around. <laughs> like, by the dog math, if a dog is man's best friend, which is an inarguably true dog, person's best friend, then I apparently have man's shittiest girlfriend. That's the only way that math will work out. Um... I was in, uh, in an Ikea buying future trash for my house for my move. And I was remembering one of, one of the worst days of my life that happened to take place in Ikea. If you've never been in Ikea, congratulations, first of all, on being rich or making great choices in life. Just imagine, like, the world's largest furniture store with a shitty cafeteria in it. That's it. That's what that's, that's you're missing out on. Um, so on this day, I... Uh, I was leaving the Ikea. Oh, and at the, at the end of the Ikea, they have a concession stand where they sell hot dogs and cinnamon rolls, and they, like, tear gas you with that cinnamon roll smell when you're leaving. You're like, oh. So I'm leaving the Ikea, and I walk into the cinnamon roll haze, and I'm like, you know what? I fucking deserve a cinnamon roll. I just, I just worked an unpaid three-hour shift in a furniture warehouse. I fucking deserve a treat. Which, first off, is there a more magically American thought than I deserve a cinnamon roll? Like... Nobody fucking deserves a cinnamon roll. Like, maybe the very first one in your life. Somebody's like, and this is a cinnamon roll. You're like, cool. Every cinnamon roll after that, just a bonus cinnamon roll in your life. So I bought one. They're a dollar. It was, like, warm, fresh from the oven. I was like, awesome. This is just what I wanted. Took a bite. It was delicious. And then I stepped on the escalator and immediately dropped it at my feet. And I was like, fuck! I was looking forward to this so much. And the escalator is just mechanically chewing it in front of me. Just, like, rubbing it in my face, how I will not be eating it. So I had the wax paper that it came in, and then I'm not some sort of human pig. I was like, I'll clean it up. I'm not just going to leave it there. So I pick it up off the ground, immediately fast forward to me regaining consciousness in the seat of my car, like, <gasps> holding that wax paper, no cinnamon roll, no trash can between the bottom of that escalator and my car, which means only one of two things could have happened. The first is that my attention span is literally so shitty that later in that escalator ride, I was like, hey, I'm holding a cinnamon roll. Where did this come from? And then I ate it, which would be, I could blame that on stupidity. But what I think actually happened is there's some like little office in my brain with some like really tired branch manager who witnessed all that happen. He's like, fuck, we really needed that cinnamon roll today. That was really going to turn things around for us up here. I thought, I thought we had someone. I'm going to need a 30-second rolling blackout. I want all cameras turned off. We're just going to go for this. Just eat it right now. And I just ate it in a blackout haze. Oh, and of all the food items, it's not like a hot pretzel you can just blow off. You're like, it's probably fine. It's a, it's a warm, moist cinnamon roll out of the oven. It's like the Velcro of the food world. I'm lucky I didn't... I'm lucky I didn't burp up a cigarette butt. It was disgusting. All right, I got to get out of you guys. Thanks so much for letting me pop in. Guys, one more time for Andrew Arnold. Let's hear it for Andrew. Hey, uh, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. Just dinners. Just walking through with dinners. Just walking through with dinners. I wasn't going to chat to anybody this, but just dinners? What you got? What you got in there? Don't open dinners. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love the scent. You got burgers? What else? Wait, why do you have so many dinners? Where, what's going on with you? Where'd you come from? Do you, do, are you here with another human? That guy, whose food is that? Ours. You got, you have, that's a lot of food to still have left. Is this 
first go round or is this leftovers? I blew it. You blew it. Yeah, you fucking blew it. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. Um, no, it feels like you didn't blow it and said you nailed it. You're like, we're going to eat some dinners for here, and we want two each to go. <laughs> want them to be in a warm theater. I'm looking for dinners in a, in a warm theater. <laughs> Under a chair, hour, hour and a half, I will take them to the bathroom when I go. <laughs> Love that late arrival of dinners. I'm sorry, I, just dinners? Just dinners, yeah. Fucking, you know what it would have been better? On the head, you know what I mean? Like you did a good job here, but like a, do you know what I mean? Like a jungle book, like a, remember the girl at the end and she's like going to the thing with the, you, you, I love that you said absolutely. You're like, yeah, no, I know that very specific jungle book moment at the end where the girl has the thing and she's like going to the water. That's the song, it's something like that. You know, you guys remember it. Um, but yeah, just dinners and then right on the head, you know, and then what if he would have walked past and just been like, and for you? And then what if it was like a great vegetarian meal? And I was like, how did you even know? And he's like, oh, I'm a listener. You know what I mean? Because um, <laughs> this is a podcast as well, you know, so that, that would have been great. Uh, so this is just like future plans, ways you guys can improve your work as an audience. Uh, I just want one dinner for me. And then just three extra dinners you've already eaten just to see who deserves them in the crowd. Just good laugher, you get a dinner. You know, actually worse, the bad laughers. Because if you're a good laugher, you don't want to, you know, pop, <laughs> pop any food in there. Uh, and disrupt the show anyway. Just like the poor laughers and just like feed them because obviously they need some help. <laughs> well, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. Round of applause for that guy. Hey, uh, this next comic, we have tried uh, for a long time to get her on the show and she's finally coming on tonight. So we're so happy that she's here. Uh, you've seen her on At Midnight or Chelsea Lately. Let's hear it right now for Arden Marine. Guys, give it up for Arden. <laughs> Oh my god, that, you got the rascal. I feel like you're five days early for 420. <laughs> that guy has been smoking since last 420. He's ready. What's up, UCB? Yeah. Yeah, spring has sprung. I dressed up for you guys. I've got my very sexual Forever 21 Mormon tween dress. Keep your hands up, sir. <laughs> Keep your fucking greasy burger mitts off. I'm gonna call you Kirk. I I Captain. <laughs> I got a little bit of the rascal in me. I actually I was like I said to Karen I did this like short set so I was like I might just tell you a story. Is that all right? Here's where I got the rascal in me. You guys, I got into a fight at Trader Joe's. <laughs> in there you all first of all Trader Joe's is built as like like the happiest place on earth like you I mean everybody's in like Tommy Bahama shirts <laughs> everything is super cheap and yet like first of all the parking lots like the parking lots is just set like if you, I don't suffer from road rage like until I'm like two feet away from my discount Greek yogurt <laughs> So, okay, this is for real. Okay, I just, I got seven minutes, so here we go. Here's my fight. I just spent some time in New York City, and, um, you know, I love New York City, but New York City's always like, oh, we're, like, so cool, we're over it. Here's the fucking secret. Here's the secret, you guys. New York City is like a pack of freaky tweens about Trader Joe's. They're, like, popping weird bonus for Trader Joe's. They cannot believe that Trader Joe's exists. They can't believe Two Buck Chuck exists. 
I didn't know. Like, I love Trader Joe's. We all do. It's like the cheap place that is not Whole Foods. Fine, whatever. <laughs> it's where you go stock up when you're having friends over for 420 burger high night, high times. So I've had two panic attacks in my life. <laughs> One of them was when I was on a, a submarine when I was five years old with my brother's Cub Scout troop. <laughs> that felt very cool. I found out I was claustrophobic. Uh, and it didn't go that well. I was getting far from the surface. <laughs> Imagine if that's how I orgasmed. <laughs> she looks like a macaroon, but she comes like a wild boar. It's such a wonderful time tonight, Mark. Kirk, it's such a wonderful... You mouth-feeding me burgers like a baby bird. I gotta hurry it up. I got like two minutes to this. Okay, second second panic attack in my life. Uh, New York City, Union Square, Trader Joe's, rush hour. Okay, I didn't fucking know. I didn't know. I walked in. First of all... Trader Joe's in New York City. They're, I'm going to say this is pretty... They're approximately the size of this stage. <laughs> and they are filled with about... No, this is just an estimate, but like, like probably like 172 million people <laughs> who are just like, like fucking crazy. Like, I walked in. I'm like, I'm like, what is happening? Like, is Jay-Z playing? Like, what is happening? Are they giving away iPads? Like, what is going on? Like, everybody... Everybody looks like they're a cast member of Girls. <laughs> I can't get into a Trader Joe's after party. Like, everybody's in a band in Bushwick. It's just like, it's, you're like in a hipster version of Human Centipede. <laughs> just mouth asshole with an old Russian woman. Just trying to get your fucking discount. I'm sorry, sir. You're so classy and I'm so disgusting. <laughs> that was the single most erotic moment of my, of my afternoon. So, <laughs> what did I do all morning? <laughs> Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> but I'm a learner. You know that about me, Kirk. I'm a learner. I'm a lear- I'm gonna put my hand on the stove. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's gonna take me a couple strikes, but I'm gonna learn when I come around. So, um, so I learned when you're in New York City, when you go to Trader Joe's, you buy all of Trader Joe's because you don't have cars, right? You're just like you are your own whatever. You're your own little. Hatchback to sell or whatever you guys are driving. Smart cars. I don't know. Um, I got a Fiat. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> don't get one. No spare tire. Don't get one. They're cute. I'm going to get killed. Anyway. <laughs> but I'm going to look so cute when I'm dead. I'm just going to like, ah, oh, oh, bye. Anyway. So... I learned, I, when I went to Trader Joe's, I went to go buy all of Trader Joe's. So, and they, they give you those paper bags, and I went, it was raining one day, and I went, and I like bought all, it was like, look like a Sherpa. I bought it all, it was like everything that could be hanging off my body was hanging off my body. And I lumbered down to the, I lumbered down to the subway station, $20 left to my name, because I'm going to there for the fucking discount, let's be honest. Stick it on my Metro card, and the machine ate my money. It ate it ate my money so i uh so i went up to the man in the subway booth and i was like lumbered up and i was like excuse me like p.s pouring rain i'm like live like 60 blocks from trader joe's like excuse me the machine ate my money and the guy was like i'm sorry ma'am now i know what i sound like i sound like my father fucked an air horn and i was born (laughs) 
the depths of hell, I heard all of a sudden, what is your name? <laughs> like, what is your name? Like, I don't know what I was going to do with it. <laughs> and a homeless man had to come calm me down. He was very soothing. Nothing happened. Don't worry. Nothing happened. We just made sweet, tender love as only an angry young macaroon and a homeless man can. But that's okay. That's a separate story. So I'm fucking freaking out. Here's the thing. I grew up with boys, obviously. Obviously, I grew up with boys. I've been pinned down. I've had my face farted on. I've had spit just dripped down and sucked up for months at a time. But any girls who grew up with boys can attest the one upshot, you learn how to fight. So my own mouth, I always went straight for the crotch, just in and out, straight for the crotch. So I was about to just go like straight for my opponent's crotch, but he was behind bulletproof glass. <laughs> so my homeless boyfriend like squired me off. And I just watched myself just swallow the bitter pill of hate. And I was like, ah, like 60 blocks in the rain, fucking dissolving paper bags. Like, ah, what is your name? You know when you pass yourself in a store window and you don't recognize yourself? I look like Smeagol. Like, I look like Smeagol. I look like Smeagol. Like, oh, ah, like, isn't she on Chelsea lately? Like, ah, too much, yuck. Anyway, I got home that day and I found out not only am I a crotch kicker, <laughs> I'm a strongly worded letter writer, you guys. <laughs> I wrote a letter to the New York City subway system. <laughs> Did not write back, <laughs> but I'm going to like to read it with you and then I'll leave you alone. Uh, it took a lot of time to care. Um, very ineffective, but this got mailed off. Dear MTA, that's the Metro Transit Authority, but you knew that, Kirk. You're so smart. That's how you make all that money for your pot and burgers. <laughs> As a regular patron of the New York City subway system, I am used to courtesy and efficiency. As a recent widow, you have to lie a little bit. As a recent widow, one of my only joys are the interactions that I have on the subway. <laughs> that didn't make me orgasm. I just got excited. The discourteous customer service I received today at your Union Square booth was the most unpleasant, jarring experience I've had since both of my legs were cut off. <laughs> I might be a bad person. <laughs> the representative declined to give his name, although he was an unpleasant elderly gentleman with a questionable mustache and a sour disposition. <laughs> Not unlike the man who took my legs. <laughs> I am requesting for you to fire this man a New York City subway t-shirt and a refund of my $3, which my late husband provided for me. Sincerely, Artem Marine. That is the of a crutch kick with Microsoft Word. Thank you so much. You guys have been great. Guys, Arden Marine, one more time for Arden. Hey, uh, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic, we are so happy he is in town. We're real proud of him. He's uh, an L.A. comic who 
right now is a cast member on SNL. So that's really fucking great for him. We're so stoked to have him on the show tonight. Let's hear right now for Mr. Brooks Whelan, guys. Give it up for Brooks. Okay. Uh, I found this backstage. I figured, let's just do some rock pop quizzes. Um, it's the biggest rock and pop quiz book. It's graded on levels of difficulty. Themed for the pop fanatic. I felt like that'd probably be us. Uh, there's over 10,000 questions and answers. Okay, here we go. Um, where was Pat Boone's gold mine in 1957? And the answer is, this is a dumb bit. So we won't do it. I want to actually do a whole set that will piss off the podcast listening audience. So here is my impression of a guy who's bad at air basketball. Here's my impression of a shy bodybuilder. shows dickheads um, yeah get out of your car drive to Los Angeles watch this show and you will get those jokes um, okay I don't have that many impressions so now we're gonna do actual stuff uh, actually no I I'm just gonna tell you guys but I'm not gonna do any jokes I I'm not I'm not gonna do any jokes um, but I, I, I work at SNL right now I don't I write a lot of sketches. They don't put them on the air. And I'm told that's okay. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, but here are some sketches that I wrote. Here are some sketch ideas. Okay. Here we go. Uh, sketch one. Uh, a magician who keeps saying that one didn't count. So that's a full sketch. Uh, a member of the Titanic band who does not want to go down with the ship. He's just like, what are we doing? We're cruise ship musicians, guys. There's no honor in this. The world's greatest Olympic diver who never learned how to swim. <laughs> so he like crushes every dive. And they're like, here he comes to the platform and a perfect double McPike twist, minimal splash, and now the thrashing begins. <laughs> uh, a, ga a game show where three 
dads are given $100 gift certificates to Spencer Gifts. And if they can spend that $100 in Spencer Gifts, they get a million dollars. And none of them can do it. <laughs> Everyone is like, I can't on principle shop in there. And then the reverse of that is like, uh, like three 15-year-old goth chicks are given $100 for a baseball card convention. <laughs> it's a reverse. Um, uh, this one is where a uh, fire marshal is visiting the Keebler Elves tree. And he's just like, you guys are baking in here? Oh, no. This is all wood. This is all wood. Um, an episode of Undercover Boss where it's just Bruce Springsteen with a mustache. And at the end of a gig, he like tries to help the crew like lo uh, load the truck. And he's like, hey, what do you guys think about Springsteen? <laughs> and they're all just like, oh, come on, boss. <laughs> That's you, man. A uh, sketch called Advice from a Guy in a Mesh Tank Top. It's just a uh, guy in a mesh tank top gives you advice, and you're like, I can't trust you. I pitch this to Lena Dunham. Uh, you are an Australian woman visiting New York City, and you keep loudly exclaiming that Steve Irwin's death was your 9-11. You guys like that more. Uh, a millionaire who broke his neck trying to dive into a pile of coins. Oh my God, my neck! I was trying to McDuck. Uh, the Field of Dreams, where after Kevin Costner builds it, uh, Nazis come out of the field. <laughs> And they're just like, we never said who would come. We tricked you. So we're going to set up a shop right here. It's perfect. Um, this is a new, I never pitched this. I just wrote this. Uh, it's, uh, the, the, you know, this one sucks. Uh, I'm going to preface it with this. I work with Michael Che, and I pitched this to him the other day. And he goes, you're pretty deep into that book, aren't you? <laughs> it means it's not good. Uh, it's, uh, everybody's talking about the movie Soul Surfer. They wrote the movie Soul Surfer, uh, and they're like, what should we call it? It's about a woman who, who, sw who surfs and gets her arm bitten off, uh, and then she starts surfing again, and somebody's like, I think we should call it Soul Surfer. And then somebody else is like, really? I think we should call it Dumb Idiot. <laughs> it's a long way to go to get there. Two more, and I'm out. Um... A person who, uh, I pitched this uh, the other day, uh, you're a guy who really wishes his name was Dwayne. And you just keep like mummering, like, muttering like, man, if my name was Dwayne. Things would be different. 
and then the last one is you're a you're a plastic surgeon who who uh, keeps bragging that you're Bruce Jenner's doctor. Uh, thanks a lot. This is so much fun to be here. That was great stuff. Oh, you're a lovely audience, and we we definitely have another great comic coming up. So please let's let's get a let's just like keep doing everything we're doing. Sometimes at this point of the show, I have to chastise, really single out, just like you're not playing. You know, like I just kind of like like I just make people leave individually. You know, like it's a pretty tough. Sometimes it's a pretty tough show in here. You know, like I'm like you're not booked. You're not, like I like I go through. I'm like you're not signed. You know what I mean? Like I call everybody's agents, and I unsign them. And it's ruthless, you know, but it's Hollywood. <laughs> well, this next comic, uh, great, great comic. We love having him on the show. Let's hear it right now from Mr. David Huntsberg. You guys, give it up for him. Keep it going for Cameron and everybody. Thank you. I hope she didn't put too much pressure on you to keep a certain energy going and laughing for me. You can sit there quietly. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. That's pretty much how I watch comedy. And yet when crowds are doing it, I'm like, who do you think you are? <laughs> supposed to be laughing hysterically. I enjoy comedy because it's just reaction. You just sit and listen, and then if something strikes you, you react sort of gutturally. It's, I think it's just a nice break from the voice we all seem to have in our head going all the time. You just get in that. You're just listening to other words. It's not, it doesn't have a chance to chime in. Because that thing, it never shuts up. I think that's why people wear earbuds when they go running. Because otherwise, it's just you alone with a voice that hates running. <laughs> just the second you leave the house. They go, oh, that's far enough, right? What is it, a bronchial thing? Is that shin splints? It feels like pneumonia. What is that in there? What is it? That's far enough, right? It's about a mile. Let's turn back. You're like, okay, this will shut you up. So, so we can just sit here and... Uh, listen to some jokes which is fun sometimes it, that's gotta be tough like for Brooks to throw out all your ideas and none of them get made you deal with that a lot in comedy where it, you start to like lose confidence or trust in yourself that happens as an audience member as well where you're you think something's funny <laughs> nope we're not laughing okay we're not yeah we're not you guys are right it's hard to really trust your instincts when everyone else is going no those are bad those are pretty terrible I don't know who you, I feel like some people in history have trusted the instincts or trusted their brain very successfully. You could make the argument that all the prophets from all the major religions were really just listening to a voice in their head when they received their revelations and not some visible person in the sky. I'm not saying that is what happened, but you could make that argument. And I think the most compelling evidence to support that is the fact that those guys were all around the same age when they received those revelations. They were all kind of in their early 30s, which is a very peculiar age. Because you're not old enough to be a failure yet. <laughs> but you need to get your shit together. <laughs> it's just the perfect age to be a carpenter or a shepherd or a con man or an aspiring science fiction writer. <laughs> just be wandering around out in the wilderness just like, what am I doing with my life? Oh, my friends, they're idiots. They're doing so great. They got houses and kids and I'm sitting here, I'm selling trinkets by the flea market. What's that voice in my head? I do have some good ideas. People should hear them. They should gather once a week and listen to all my cool ideas and give me money and gather. And it'd be all. 
And then they have to go about starting a religion. <laughs> you have friends now that want to get their ideas out there. They just start a blog or a zine. Back then, people had to start an entire religion to get their ideas heard. And most of the good ones were already taken. Even if you had that thought, like, oh, that's brilliant. I'm just going to say that the guy in the sky is my dead. That's taken? Okay. Um, oh, oh, what about this? This is crazy. What if I say there's like this bush that was on fire that told me... That's taken too. I didn't, would not have guessed that. That's pretty strange. Okay, what, a, did, what about like a ship full of aliens crashing into the planet? That's open? I'll do that. I'll do that one. And then that happened. That's one theory as to how religions got started. It's not very popular. Um, the other theory that's more widely accepted is even weirder to me, though, that they were just walking along and heard a voice up in the sky and immediately started doing its bidding. They just went, what? what's that? You want me to do some stuff? You got it! And just headed out of there. Like, no one ever took a second to figure out who that voice belonged to. No one ever went, what? No, I hear you. Who are you? Where'd you go to high school, bro? Give me something. They didn't. And I can understand, that's a lot maybe to take in all at once. I can understand if you are just wandering along and all of a sudden from above you hear, hey, you. It's like, oh, I've been out in the sun way too long. I gotta sit down. No, I'm real. Look up here. I don't see anything. I know, I'm in the clouds. Nice, right? I, I guess, who are you? I'm God. I created all of the things. See that tree over there? Keep an eye on it. <laughs> now it's a snake. Do you want to be a snake? No, 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 absolutely not. I do not want to be a snake. What do you want me to do? And then go from there almost immediately to that guy who was afraid of being a snake holding a knife over his oldest son's neck just like, okay, did not see this coming. I, I thought you were going to have me chop down a tree or something. This is a little intense. But I don't want to be a snake. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill this kid. I, oh, I hate this. I don't want to do this. He's a good boy. You know, I love him. He's, he's not the smartest, if I'm being honest, but he tries real hard. It's almost more endearing. Oh, but I, I don't want to be a snake. So here I go. I guess I'm going to... I'm messing with you, bro. I'm a joker. That's me in a nutshell. Had to know you're on my team. That guy is clearly a lunatic. No one should be listening to that person ever. But maybe that voice didn't belong to God. I'm not saying God did not create the world. I'm not saying God didn't talk to people. But maybe that voice on that day was not God. Maybe God created the universe and then he created a little monitoring station with, you know, some screens and monitors like a security guard's office in case he wanted to check in on everyone. Maybe an intercom button just in case he needed to talk to people. But then on the seventh day, God rested. And Eddie, the lonesome night janitor, who hates his older brother, came sweeping in. And she's like, kill your oldest boy. Oh, that felt good. That felt real good. Oh, that's nice. And that's just where all the weird stuff came from. I hope some... I don't know. I, it just bugs me when people say they have talked to God. You see it all the time, like street prophets out on the corner. They always, I talk to God. And then the next sentence is, and you're going to fucking pay. Like, Come on, man. I'm going to lunch. I don't need that. Wouldn't it be nice if just once you heard one of them that it only just had a conversation? Like, hey, I talked to God. Relax, we're just hanging out. Just two dudes. He's just, you know, he said he's, he hasn't checked in with us. He's going to therapy, though. You know, he's trying to get better. He's got a lot of issues. You know that. He hates his older brother. That's one thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, he, he's got five older sisters. You might not know that. All bitches. 
And uh, they cheated him out of the will. You know, he's supposed to get a couple universes and they only ended up with this one little planet. It's a sore subject for him, you know. He wants to come here, but it hurts, you know. It hurts him. And he said sorry about AIDS. That's not on him. He's working on that. Uh, he's trying to get over it, you know. He uh, plays Parcheesi, which, you know, whatever. Uh, owns a Doberman named Marcus, which, you know, I'm not a Doberman guy, but dogs. Um, weird thing about him is second toe bigger than his first. Even weirder than that, third toe bigger than his second. So that's why he wears the long robes. Love sandals, hates his feet. You get it. If you saw that, wouldn't you at least be like, yeah, okay, that's better than usual. All right. Just anything other than the norm. Just someone like, hey, talk to God. He's, he's in middle management. Can't get things too good to get a promotion. Doesn't want to get him too shitty to get fired. And here we are. Like, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's better than uh, what it deserved, but uh, I'm going to leave it. No, how dare you? Don't you even dare. I'm going to leave you with that, this abject silence. I enjoyed you guys otherwise, so have a nice evening. Guys, David Hudson, one more time for David. Hey, we are going to go keep it right on rolling. Your final comic tonight. You would know her from uh, her own television show, Nikki, Nikki and Sarah Live, and now uh, she lives in Los Angeles. We're so happy that she's here. Let's hear it right now for Sarah Schaefer, guys. Give it up for Sarah. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been working out for the first time in my life, and I know you're like, how is that possible? She already has the body of an angel. Um, I hate to break it to you, but if I was standing up here naked before you, like physically, emotionally, I am already there. Um, you wouldn't say that. You'd be like, she has the body of, um, what is his name? Um, Gollum. Gollum. The little guy from Lord of the Rings. You know, it's just gray skin hanging off of bones and a malnourished, distended belly, terrible posture. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the guys. I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to procure any unwanted boners. That's embarrassing. And ladies, I'm... I'm sorry to you, too. I, I know that there are some feminists out there, and I can just, I can feel your buttholes getting tight right now. Because you're like, oh, she's shaming her own body. Uh, and you know what? Yeah, I am. Because my body should be fucking ashamed of itself. What is its excuse? There's a reason I'm a little bit out of breath right now, all right? There's a reason that recently someone gave me their seat on a city bus. They thought I was a little bit pregnant. And you know what? I took that seat. Because if you're gonna assume I'm pregnant, I get to sit down. It's fucking exhausting. The problem was is that I had just eaten a gigantic meal. And I mean, right now, you know, this is just, this is just normal. I was like third trimester. Like, 
And but it was a long bus ride, and I'm not gonna lie, I burped a little, <laughs> and maybe tooted a couple times on the ride home. And I lost some of that baby, okay. <laughs> And I knew when I got up, they were going to know what a fraud I was and think how, how, what a douche I am, you know? But I came up with a plan. Now, I figured something out. Ladies, you can totally use this, you know? If you need to make someone think you're pregnant, like in a pinch, you need to keep your man or whatever scenario. Here's what you do. It's all about hand placement, okay? One hand on your back, one hand on your fake baby, feet out like a duck, and then you make this face. (laughs) You tell your fake baby to shut up. It makes you seem nurturing yet firm. Totally works. Uh, obviously things are going really well for me. (laughs) But when they're not, I like to save up all the crying that I have to do and I just let it build and build and build until I'm about to explode with tears. And then I step into an art museum and I just let it rip. (laughs) Because I like to make the other people in the museum think that I just get the art more than they do. (laughs) So if I'm gonna suffer, I might as well feel culturally superior while doing so. (laughs) Just camp out in front of a stripe and openly weep. (laughs) You make other people feel real stupid for not getting that stripe. (laughs) But I get it. This one gets it. It's painful. seen these commercials for tiny pieces of chocolate for women like dove my moments Hershey's bliss they're all the same it's a woman alone in a tornado of brown satin sheets (laughs) saxophone music is playing for some reason and she always makes this, she bites into the chocolate, and she always makes the same facial expression. She's just like, mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what? No. No, chocolate companies. Is that how pathetic you think our lives are as women? The only thing that can make us climax is your crappy piece of chocolate. At the most, at the most, you go over to Sharon from accounting's desk at 4 p.m., you grab one out of her little bowl, you eat it, and then you're tired again five minutes later. That is not a, that is not a body-shaking orgasm. Okay? I need the man food companies to make a, a commercial for the men, condescend to the men, and and see how the men feel when they're spoken to that way by, by food companies. Like Taco Bell should do a commercial for the men about that taco with the Dorito shell. And it's just a man frantically locking himself into the janitor's closet at work. And he's just like... 
from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.